Isaac Shade here, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Join Andy Patton and me every Monday as we break down all the buzzer-beating action, conference rivalry games, and need-to-know bubble matchups ahead of the NCAA tournament. Check out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. When it comes to performance, we usually talk about wins and losses. But for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks, this offseason, for varying reasons, they need to outperform three different football programs. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and also a staff writer for Gamecock Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more right now as new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. For the first time ever in the Shane Beamer era, the South Carolina Gamecocks are heading into an offseason that feels a little bit murky because obviously in the first offseason for Shane Beamer and his staff, there was a lot of optimism surrounding the football program because quite frankly, you couldn't get a whole lot worse than a 2-8 and season in the 2020 COVID year. And then obviously after the 2021 and 2022 seasons, South Carolina had a ton of momentum coming out of both of those years due to what they did at the end of those seasons. But in 2023, the Gamecocks took an obvious step back. They finished 5-7, and seven, missed out on a bowl game for the first time since 2020, the first time in the Shane Beamer tenure here. And right now, they find themselves at a bit of a crossroads in terms of their performance. In essence, this program has got to get better. And that means that they've got to do a better job of outperforming their opponents. But it's not just on the field where the Gamecocks have to accomplish this. It's also off the field as well throughout the offseason. So on today's show, we're going to go over three different programs that Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks have got to best this offseason. And the team that tops that list are their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers. Now, there's a couple of reasons why South Carolina needs to best Clemson this offseason. The first one is pretty obvious and simple. Clemson is your arch rival. It is one of those robberies where the entire state revolves around it. South Carolina and Clemson, they are the two big-time major programs here in the Palmetto State. It's one of the unique things about the southeastern region when it comes to college football. You see it in a bevy of different states. You see it with Alabama and Auburn. You also see it with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Florida and Florida State, while not the only two programs in their state, it's another good example right there. It's the two preeminent programs. And so, for the Gamecocks, everything matters when you are going up against Clemson especially. Because 
everything that you do is compared to the other, whether it is coaching changes on the staff, whether it is recruiting, overall recruiting, and maybe specific recruiting battles, even spring game attendance. South Carolina, this past offseason, they announced that they had a spring game attendance of 51,000 fans not long after Clemson announced that they had 50,000 fans enter their stadium for their spring game. Now, you could argue that maybe both sides were fudging a little bit, but the point is, the littlest of things matter to both programs when it comes to perception in that rivalry. Anything that can be used to build positive momentum is going to be used to that program's advantage. So that's the first reason why you need to best Clemson this offseason. The second reason why, again, this one is a bit obvious. South Carolina lost the game in 2023. They were not the winners in the 2023 Palmetto Bowl. Quite frankly, the Gamecocks... They swung and missed on a golden opportunity to really and truthfully put a nail in the coffin that possessed Dabo's dominance over this rivalry. You would have basically killed it if you had been able to prove last season that the 2022 win that you got up in Death Valley was not at all a fluke, that that was indeed a win that you had earned in full. And I still believe that on my end, and I'm sure plenty of Gamecock fans out there believe that. But if South Carolina had been able to defeat Clemson two years in a row, the rest of the country would have also probably gone on board with that notion. But you lost the game. And so while it didn't happen in blowout fashion, if you lose to Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson Tigers again in 2024, then you'll be back at square one in terms of gaining ground on the Tigers when it comes to the perception of this rivalry on the football field. So that comes down to developing your players, spring practice, developing them in the weight room from a strength and conditioning standpoint, developing their speed, making your guys faster. In terms of that aspect, you've got to make sure that your guys are getting better at a much higher rate than the guys up at Clemson. And then the last thing I want to touch on with this particular team, despite last season's loss, everything I just mentioned about, you know, missing on an opportunity here, it still does not feel like that the gap between South Carolina and Clemson is that big right now. Clemson, look, again, they won last year's game. So obviously for the rest of this year up until the next Palmetto Bowl, they're going to have bragging rights over Gamecock fans anytime that game gets brought up. But it still cannot be forgotten that Clemson did not win double-digit games for the first time since, I believe, 2010, I want to say. They also lost a plethora of players from their team last year. Running back Will Shipley was one of them. Paul Maffa could be following him out the door. I don't think that he's announced yet. They also lost a bunch of pieces on their defense. Xavier Thomas, Tyler Davis, Rook Ororo, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., and cornerback Nate Wiggins. In essence, a lot of guys that were Brent Venable guys, guys that he brought in when he was still the defensive coordinator at Clemson before he jumped and took the head coaching job over at Oklahoma. So now, those guys walking out the door means that defensive coordinator Wes Goodwin, and he's not the only one, some other coaches, they've now got to prove that they can actually develop and scheme around guys that they have brought in themselves, that they are responsible for in that program. And let's be honest, Clemson has given a lot of people a little reason to believe that that coaching staff is going to get more out of the talent that they have on paper than others probably could 
if they possess that kind of talent. So, for Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks, you know, I don't think that the coaching advantage really sways big time one way or another. And obviously, again, when it comes to on-paper talent, people say Clemson owns that right now. But South Carolina, despite everything that's been said, you look back at the 2023 game, they only lost 16-7. to It wasn't like they lost by two, three scores plus. So, with the right moves made in one offseason, and South Carolina already feels like is off to a good start with the moves they've made in the transfer portal, you could make up that ground, and in 2024, you can get Clemson back. But again, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, it all starts in the offseason. And that's just when it comes to your own state. That's not even including the ground that you have to make up and try to maintain in the Southeastern Conference, which is only about to get a lot more difficult in 2024 when Oklahoma and Texas officially join the league later on this summer. So, who are the other two teams that South Carolina needs to outperform this offseason? I'm going to go over one team that they need to maintain their advantage against and one team that, quite frankly, they need to catch up to. We'll talk about those teams in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, the NFL regular season is over, but we are right in the midst of the NFL playoffs, which means that there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets win or lose. As of right now, we've got one game solidified for the NFL's divisional round, and that's on the NFC side of the bracket as the Green Bay Packers will go on the road to take on the San Francisco 49ers. And the spread for that game is 9.5 points in favor of San Fran. Now, both of these teams are quite similar offensively in terms of how much they like to use play action. And the 49ers, unlike the Packers, they've got a lot of studs in that defensive front that everybody knows across the league. So it feels like that this is primed to be a San Francisco win. But if you disagree, or maybe you want to check out some of the other games that will be taking place this next weekend, be sure to check out the FanDuel app, which is easy to use, and you can bet on anything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube or your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Now, there are two other programs that South Carolina needs to outperform this offseason. Two SEC teams, one that they need to stay ahead of and another one that they need to catch up to. Let's start with the one that they need to stay ahead of, and that is the Kentucky Wildcats. 
Now, some people might think that, you know, this is actually a bit harsh on Kentucky because the Wildcats, unlike South Carolina, they actually made it to a bowl game in 2023 and if it weren't for a couple plays going the wrong way late in the Gator Bowl against Clemson they probably would have finished with eight wins this past fall but that did not pan out that way for the Wildcats but I want to make it clear I'm talking about specifically South Carolina's own series that they have going on with Kentucky which is why I put them sort of in this category And the Wildcats, to be quite honest, they are slowly but surely falling back to their old ways. And South Carolina has a chance to fully surpass them from a perception standpoint, depending on what they do in 2024. The Kentucky Wildcats, for the first time since 2016 and 2017, they've had back-to-back seven-win seasons. So, they have effectively taken a step back under head coach Mark Stoops. And... I think that part of the reason why that they are struggling right now is because they're struggling to adapt to this new era of college football. Kentucky, for the longest time, and the reason why they had gotten really good in the SEC East in particular, is because of the fact that they'd become a solid developmental program, where sure, they weren't going to bring guys in that were going to be you know, all-conference-type players from day one, but give them two, three years to develop and mold those guys And soon enough, Kentucky would have very experienced starting lineups on both sides of the ball and guys that had had plenty of years in the college game. But that's not the way the college football works right now. Right now, you can't afford to spend four, five, six years, at least in this conference, trying to just abide by that strategy. You have to use the transfer portal to help you offset certain losses. And quite frankly, with the way Kentucky is in terms of recruiting, Uh, Just a few misses here and there can spell disaster for them, whether it's certain position groups or an entire side of the ball for one particular season. And so they've had to rely a lot more on the transfer portal. And I think that that has limited what they've been able to do because of their lack of on-field success. Therefore, meaning that they can't go after some of the bigger names in the portal outside of, weirdly enough, the quarterback position. And speaking of the quarterback position, the Wildcats, they're breaking in a new single collar this upcoming season. Brock Vandegrift has transferred from Georgia to Lexington, Kentucky. And unless something crazy happens, he is going to be the starter for Kentucky's offense in 2024. And just like South Carolina, they're also breaking in a new thrower of the football in Lenore Sellers, more than likely. So both of these teams are breaking in new quarterbacks and they're going to be a part of the first league matchup of the season in 2024 in week two, which means that whatever happens this offseason in spring ball, summer workouts, fall camp, for these two teams, it's a lot more imperative because they're not going to get much time before they face a legitimate opponent that can match up well against them on the football field. It makes that game a lot more important when it comes to this conversation. And the other thing is this, and the reason why I say South Carolina needs to stay ahead of Kentucky is because they've won each of the last two meetings. South Carolina believed defeat at Kentucky 24-13 to by two scores basically in 2022. And then this past season, they won a closely contested battle in Columbia. I believe the final score of that game was 17-14. to So if the Gamecocks can defeat the Wildcats for the third straight year in a row in 2024, then it's going to be back to the way that Gamecock fans used to know this series before Mark Stoops, quite frankly, came along in Lexington. And that was, you know, this is a game where, sure, you can't expect Kentucky to roll over, but South Carolina, as long as they don't make a bunch of mistakes, 
they should win that football game. So Kentucky is a team that you've got to outperform this offseason because you want to keep that momentum going when it comes to that series. And that leads me to the final team that South Carolina needs to best this offseason. And this is a team that we have to admit at this point is a team that's ahead of South Carolina, a team that South Carolina has to catch up to. And that is the Missouri Tigers. For everything that I said about the Kentucky series, about how South Carolina is close to pretty much putting a big gap between themselves and Kentucky, you can flip-flop that when it comes to the Gamecocks and the Tigers here. Because since 2018, Missouri has won each of the last five games in this series by an average margin of 13 points per game. Before 2019, South Carolina held a 5-4 advantage in this series against the Tigers. So, the perception of this series... It is completely flip-flopped. Now, when people look at this game on the schedule, they expect Missouri to win this game. And much like Shane Beamer said about missing out on a bowl game back in December for the Gamecocks, quite frankly, that is not okay. I'm not trying to downplay Missouri and what they have done, and Missouri has some good history when it comes to football. I totally acknowledge that. But for the South Carolina Gamecocks, a team that has been in this conference a lot longer than Missouri, a team that typically on paper has more talent than Missouri, at least usually, you expect to win this game more often than not. So the fact that you haven't won this game in five years is absurd and ridiculous. And part of the reason why this entire series has changed is because Missouri has become known as one of those teams that quietly wins the offseason. Basically, they don't get plastered all over front-page headlines or anything, much like a Georgia or a Bama or a Florida State, you name it. But they make solid moves in different aspects, whether it is the transfer portal and guys they bring in, maybe how they scheme around the players on their roster on both sides of the ball, or what all they're doing in the NIL sphere. Missouri has nailed each of those areas in the past couple of off-seasons. And while there's a belief around here that South Carolina has done a good job in a lot of these aspects over the past couple months, they still need to sustain that over a period of time to catch up to Missouri on the football field. And that leads me to my final point and one that I think I've made pretty clear to this point in this segment. If you want to be taken seriously in the SEC, you can't be letting a team like Missouri school you in different areas when it comes to football. If you have to say that about Georgia over South Carolina, that's one thing, or maybe even a Texas A&M or LSU, because quite frankly, people around this conference and across the country, they expect that. But Missouri, that's not expected around here. So, Shane Beamer in South Carolina, you have got to outperform Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers this offseason. No question about that, because... That series cannot continue at the rate it has over the past five seasons. Now we're going to switch gears in a couple moments and talk about South Carolina's upcoming men's basketball game against the Georgia Bulldogs. And I'm going to explain why there's one particular concern that I have about this game that could change its entire flow, that could decide who wins or loses. We'll discuss all that in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. 
Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, I know that we all gravitate towards sports to escape from the crazy realities of real life, but I want to talk to y'all for just a minute about the ongoing antibiotic crisis, because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, and that is terrifying to think about. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if a family member of mine got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication that they needed, and thankfully, we're going to all be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses. This includes UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any one of us, and you don't want to get caught unprepared. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. Lamont Paris and the South Carolina Gamecocks are heading back home later on tonight as they are taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, who as of this point, I believe are 12-4 and on the season. So this is a big game, geographically speaking, when it comes to the SEC for maybe the conference tournament seating and also trying to build a resume for the NCAA tournament. So for South Carolina, what do we need to pay attention to in this game? Well, there's one particular aspect that I think is going to be quite interesting and quite frankly, a concern of mine when I look at this matchup. And that is Georgia's ability to cause havoc in the paint area. What do I mean by this? The Bulldogs, on paper, they draw a lot of fouls from their opponents. The Georgia Bulldogs, as of this point in the season, are tied for 19th in the country in free throw attempts per game with 24.2. And South Carolina, the reason why I worry about this is because they've had their stretches in some of these games, particularly games recently against more athletic lineups where they have struggled to close off driving lanes from the perimeter. And when that happens, that puts off-ball defenders in conflict. Either they stay with their person, and the person that's gone down the driving lane has basically a free shot at the rim, or they vacate their original matchup, try to move over to help close off maybe the guard that's driving from the top of the key, but then the guard can just dish it off to the man that just got vacated, and then you've basically got everybody in scramble mode in that area, all running to a different guy, just trying to get a body there, trying to get your hands up, and trying to prevent them from getting a clean shot at the basket. And the other thing for South Carolina is this. They have a lack of size in the paint area. The primary guy that has been a mainstay in that front court all season that does have some size is BJ Mack. He's listed about six foot eight, two forty on the roster. And sure, you got Benjamin Bozeman's for Donk on the team and of course a Josh Gray, but their minutes have been a lot more inconsistent as of late. So you don't know how often they're actually gonna get put in the ball game based on what all is happening during that particular point in time. George, on the other hand, they have got three players that are part of their rotation that are six foot eight or taller, including their starting center, who is seven foot tall. So 
even if Georgia misses some shots around the basket, they have got the overall height to make up for that when it comes to getting offensive rebounds. The stats might not back that up, but on paper, the size advantage here goes to the Georgia Bulldogs in this game. And here's the other thing that I want to discuss real quick. South Carolina, of course, their style is very different. They're not going to try to necessarily drive to the basket a bunch and maybe try to live on the low block. They're going to try to shoot you out the gym. They're going to take a bunch of shots from around the perimeter. And that has been basically South Carolina's offensive style to this point in the season. But the Georgia Bulldogs, according to uh, the stats that they have on paper right now, they might be a pretty formidable challenger when it comes to this aspect of the game because Georgia ranks 43rd in the country in three-point percentage defense, only allowing their opponents to shoot 29.6% from behind the arc. So, for Michi Johnson and Miles Studi and other guys who like to shoot the three ball, this might be a game where you're not going to get as many clean looks. And I did notice even with the guards, Georgia, they have got some height. At each of those positions, guys that are six foot three, six foot four, six foot five, which probably means that they've also got a large enough or long enough wingspan as well to where they can affect your shot windows. So if I am the Gamecocks, the main thing that I'm worried about is that Georgia could dictate how this game flows. In essence, they could make you have to play their game where you have to try to drive to the basket to get some points. South Carolina has struggled so far in SEC play in terms of having long stretches of time where they don't score any buckets on the floor. This is a game that where that's got to be different because Georgia... They're not quite as good as Bama was that you played a couple of nights back. And I don't think that they're quite as good as a Mississippi State that you played over a week ago at home. But this is a game that, of course, you cannot afford to drop. Because if Georgia goes on a real long losing streak, maybe at some point in conference play, or they hit a slump, then that loss will come back to bite you. And with where they're ranked in the net rankings and everything right now, This is a game that you cannot afford to lose. So for South Carolina, you cannot allow Georgia to get dribble penetration into the paint all game long. If you do, that could spell trouble. So close off those driving lanes, force them to take more outside shots, and you got to find different ways to manufacture buckets on the offensive end in this game. At least it seems like that's what they're going to have to do based on what Georgia has done to this point on paper this basketball season but with that being said that's going to do it for today's edition of the lockdown gamecocks podcast i hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always what are your thoughts on the three teams that south carolina needs to beat this off season is there a team that i did not mention that you think should have been included on this list and lastly what do you think south carolina has to do to beat georgia later tonight in this men's basketball matchup let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or you can shoot me a direct message on X at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. But as always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked on Gamecocks podcast.